G'day listeners and welcome to Conversations in Code. I'm Mike. I'm Campbell. This week we were keen to uh, get into the idea of giving back to open source. Um, we cover off a few different areas, you know, the different ways that we can give back apart from just purely financial, but also we talk about uh, stuff to do with you know, how projects manage um, donations, um, how they manage uh, funds, you know, what expectations uh, users have when they do donations to open source projects um, and what, you know, what's fair enough as far as that goes. Hopefully you'll enjoy the, um, the topic and um, without further ado, we'll, we'll get into it. Good evening, Cam. What have you been up to lately? Oh, just been uh, doing a bit of cleaning and stuff today. It's pretty uh, exciting stuff. I know, yeah. yeah. Well, I did do a bit of uh, Memax coding as well. So just uh, mm. putting together a package for navigating restructured text, jumping around between files. So you can just click on a link in the restructured text format and it looks up the correct reference and jumps to the file line number, all that stuff. This is sort of like you get with org mode. Like Do you? I, I don't know. Well, okay, I mean, yeah. I assume you would. I yeah. don't use org mode that much. Yeah. So for like, if you've got a big manual um, or a you know a complex document, it's nice to be able to jump around between files. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd written it before, but I was just wrapping it up into a package. Um, and you've, before you've published that, have you? No, not yet. Just yeah, okay. finishing it off today, or yeah. mostly finished. Um, mm. Yeah. Also got another package published about. Um, for navigating, just uh, quickly jumping between white space uh, um, mm. because I've seen like there's the ability to sort of like navigate to parent and child branches of code, but I found it a little bit a little bit convoluted. And so I tried or tested out uh, just directional directionally jumping over white space as like mm. a navigation a way of navigating things. So you can quickly step over paragraphs and um, it ends up working out so you can step over different indentation levels too. So mm. jumping over blocks at a certain indentation level. And you feel like that's a bit, a little bit more intuitive? Yeah, because your eye can very quickly see, like I just want to skip over all this text onto yep. the sort of to the next paragraph or the previous. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so far so good. Um, it's, mm, very good. I've been using it and it's quite, quite handy and, Instead of um, sort of holding down the up or the down key or or whatever, mm. you can just um, jump, yeah, jump blocks of code or yeah. blocks of yeah. text, and that's the other thing. It doesn't depend on like the language or the um, you know, the exact technology. Yeah, you can yeah. you can jump over plain text and navigate around plain text usefully too. So I'm pretty happy with that. But mm. um, yeah, that's in uh, Melpa yeah. uh, Emacs's yeah. package manager now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll put a link to the video. There's a quick video demo. All right, and um, oh, another weird thing happened is uh, so <laughs> I had a B in my st- in my study where I work, and then another B, and I was thinking this is weird, so I asked my dad, who was um, he was over, like stop leaving the door open. There's bees coming in. Come on, you got a nest He's- or something? Yeah. So, and then a third bee came in, <laughs> and it came in through the fireplace. Mm-hmm. So. Now I've since found out that having bees in your chimney is a thing, mm. and I think I have it. Mm. So what do you? Uh, so you haven't dealt with that? I haven't yet. dealt with it. No, it's just that it just happened one day, and this was a few days ago now. 
I'm just going to leave it, and unless they're like flying in constantly, I think I'll just put up with it. Okay, right. Although apparently you're meant to get rid of them or something, so I'm not sure. I'll have to look into it a bit further. Yeah, I think the official line is that you get some sort of pest control person into the. I know, but there's all this unhappy reports about bees becoming uh, fewer and fewer, and it's like there's all these bees on our lavender bushes, and I just feel like, come on. Yeah. They're having a good time. They're making their honey. I don't. I want to leave them alone. You know. Is there? Can you can you block off the um the opening to the the fireplace at all? Or? Well, it kind of is blocked off. And that's what, yeah, that's okay. what really surprised me. There's already like a gas heater there, so I'm not sure they must have yeah. just got through a crack in the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's not mm. really much. I'm not sure how they would have got in, but I suppose bees are quite small, so they've managed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, yeah. I was I was sort of surprised that we always had so many bees in our area and I was thinking, oh, there must be a beehive close by. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't expect Correct. That, yeah. Didn't expect it was actually on, on my chimney. <laughs> oh, that's great. Mm. <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to? Um, well, today um, we're recording on a Sunday, but um, today I've been greasing things. I uh, got a, a real refill for the uh, the big grease gun that I, I got from my dad a little while back, and I've been using that to um, uh, to uh, grease the the hinges of the doors on our shipping container, um, grease the um, the gear the gears in um, the in the cement mixer that I've got. And uh, also the uh, spindles for the cutting blades on uh, my ride on mower. So, greasing lots of stuff today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> apart from apart from that, I've been um, uh, going through a list of uh, like a wish list of um, retro games that I want to assemble um, that all have a uh, fairly strong nostalgia factor for me. Uh, from playing them back in the day and I've got a fair few of them so far but I just wanted to make sure I had a, a full list of all of the um, the old school games that I want to eventually acquire so just been um, uh, consolidating that list today so that's about it for me but just spend a bit of time with the kids and the family and everything so it's been good. So our topic for today is the idea of giving back to Linux and open source projects. Um, I've recently set up a couple of um, recurring donations to a couple of different projects and uh, it got us to thinking that that might be a good topic to get into. Um, you know, today we'll sort of be focusing on um, the idea of financial contributions to um, to those projects, but there's um, obviously other ways of, um, of, of contributing to... Um, uh, to open source projects. Yeah, so like I'm the recipient of donations since I work for a non-profit mm. and I also don't really, I've given some donations but I'm not like giving mm. regular donations to any projects. So there's, thought it's worth mentioning that there's other ways to give back, um, you know, writing, try, trying to write good quality bug reports when you report issues, mm. um, helping a bit with tech support or you know, even patches, of course, obviously, and, um, you know, documentation, if something's obviously missing, just making mm. that extra bit of effort once you've found the solution to make sure the docs are, are good, that mm. kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're valid ways of giving back, but we're not going to talk about them so much, just just to mm. mention them. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing to mention is I think it's also worth asking projects what they need. 
It's possible that the people who are working on it are volunteers that have jobs and that, you know, it's not necessarily the case that they need money. Maybe they need someone to help with migrating to a new piece of web software or, you know, doing some upgrade to a new API or something or, you know, mm. you don't really know what a project needs. So I wouldn't just assume that you can help the project out by throwing money at them or by, you know, you, I wouldn't be too presumptuous, put it that way. Yeah, and uh, that makes sense because... I mean, for, um, for a lot of the time when people are wanting to um, contribute back, you know, it's often fairly limited what they're able to provide. Um, so it's probably a good idea to, um, to to go to the project to see what, what's going to be the most bang for their buck. Um, and then hopefully you can sort of maximize how much you can help as far as that goes. Yeah, it's a tricky one, though, because you have to be careful. You know, you might some have some random person reply to you in their chat room who's, like, not really affiliated with the project, who has, like, a, a bee in their bonnet about something, uh, mm. you know, not being as good as it could be, and they'll sort of tell you where to, what to work on, and, you know, that might not be, like, the, the overall project's uh, direction. It might not be mm. aligned with that. So mm. it's a bit tricky. You've got to be a bit careful when you kind of approach a project and... Uh, ask to to contribute or ask for suggestions because lots of people have like uh, pet features that they want to have worked on or you know yeah <laughs> like I actually asked to um, help with Arch Linux ages ago and someone uh, mentioned a, a package that wasn't that hadn't been packaged that I could package and so I did it but like no one used the package <laughs> it was <laughs> like some really obscure thing. And it didn't really help me contributing to the project or, mm. I don't know, becoming involved. It was just this very obscure package that happened to be part of the POSIX standard. So I thought, well, maybe there's there's value in this, but it was more mm. like some esoteric uh, compression method that, like, everyone had moved on and was just using, mm. like, the, you know, stock standard archiving tools on Linux. So yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah you've, you've got to be a bit careful with this stuff. Mm. I guess it goes two ways. Like the the person wanting to contribute needs to, you know, put a bit of effort into trying to work out as best they can what what the most useful thing is going to be for them to do. But at the same time, you know, depending on the project that you're talking about, it's you know, I guess it's imp- that sort of shows that it's important that um the the project has a um a, like a, a an effective system of um of you know, an effective sort of directorship and um, um, you know method of of communicating to the community. I think you're looking for the word onboarding. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know all the buzzwords, but yeah, that, that, yeah. that's probably yeah. So, it. Yeah. So for Blender, we know we need to get a lot better with this. Um, yeah. yep. It's you know sort of de- the odd developer might reply on the forum or in the chat room, and you know we try and keep our wiki at least like not spreading misinformation about how to build the software and stuff. It should at least be like work, but it doesn't mean it's as good as it could be. And there's lots of areas we know we can improve. And that's one of those things, you know, as you grow as a project, you know, you realize that having like a community manager or, you know, Mm. people who can like uh, direct others in the right direction is like, it's not just, it sounds a little bit like a job that's a bit, uh, how would you say, like vague or fuzzy, but when you mm. don't have one, you realize how important it is. There's, there's real value there, yeah. Yeah, so uh, some other another aspect that, that's always struck me as a little odd, but I'm not sure if it's actually a problem, is just that the, the pressure to give back. Mm. Um, I've, I've talked to people who, who use Blender, 
they feel guilty and they say, oh, look, I'm not donating any money. It's, you know, sorry. They're quite apologetic about it. I'm, I'm not sure I can quickly summarize their reaction or mm. yeah, yeah. Makes, what they're saying. But they're, yeah, they're like, oh, I really like, like this. But, yeah, I haven't given back yet. Oh, I mean too soon, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I find this a bit odd because it's like um, sort of open source software is trying to have it both ways. Like, mm. it's like we, we want to promote ourselves as being free and, you know, you mm. can use it, no strings attached, it's great. But then when someone's actually using it, it's like, oh, well, you really should give back, you know, like <laughs> a little bit mm. of guilting into, into giving back. Mm. Now, of course, people who don't want to just won't. That's not, a, not an issue. But it's mm. like uh, if it's free to use for any purpose with no strings attached, like that's, that's it. It's like inviting someone to a party and then like, Telling them that I had to bring anything and then giving them a glare because they didn't bring any food or something. It's like, don't yeah, make them yeah. feel awkward now they've come to yeah. use your software and they're, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, and so, I mean, so, oh, sorry, sorry, go on. That's all right. I was just going to say that sort of when, when I'm, um, I was sort of thinking of the, what we might want to go through with this topic, I, I, um, I sort of thought to myself, well, one question I have is, you know, why why do we donate? Why do we feel a need to donate? And it sort of comes, it sort of comes back to that, I suppose. And I know for myself, um, it's um, I, I've never, you know, um, I've never felt like there's been any pressure from any of the projects whose software I, I use to um, uh, to to donate because you know they there's there's never been any implication that their survival is dependent on me and that sort of thing i mean obviously um uh, some some of the podcasts and stuff like that try to you know um, advocate for you know donating and and giving financially and that sort of thing because it is important obviously but um when i did uh, get around to doing donations for open source software um a big part of it was it was just me wanting to do some token thing to say thank you and it was almost more just like it was almost more something that was just um and almost an indulgence for me like um i've been you know leveraging this software for so long and been enjoying it and using it for so long um it was sort of it was just nice to be able to <clears throat> to do something small um, to to give back, and um, you know, I'm not sure, really sure how how much of a, a real impact it's going to make, but um, it's it was it, it just gave me the warm fuzzies, and um, it was <laughs> nice to have the opportunity for that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now it makes me feel like I should be donating to projects I really like <laughs> more. <laughs> Actually, I have tried to donate. I, I attempted to donate to Arch Linux. And they had a really, really bad web interface, or maybe I was just like, I don't know, I just completely misunderstood it. But instead of donating like, I don't know, I think it was like $90 a year or something mm. like this, I donated like $1 a year for 90 years. <laughs> and which was like, okay, but it's not enough. And now I've got it set up already. And ah. And then it was like, it was even worse because my bank had some problem with the donation and it like froze my credit card just when I was at the dentist and it made this really awkward situation <laughs> where I knew I had the money in my account and, uh, and I couldn't access it. It was, hey, yeah. So That does sound supremely awkward. Yeah. Not happy with Arch Linux's, uh, well, anyway, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it's not like they have people, you know, yeah, hired to work on this stuff. To, they probably yeah. got something that worked and then they were yeah. happy with it. 
even yeah. if the interface wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, and I suppose that's one other <clears throat> aspect in, in, that I was interested in covering was um, how you know how the actual transaction of, of donating is facilitated for some of these projects, like. <clears throat> And, and what I guess what what do we think is, is the most effective um, uh, method for for doing that sort of thing? Like I sort of think first off of um, the the app store for elementary OS um, because um, to me that's one of the the things that really that I I quite appreciate the um, the elementary OS pr- um, project and that's one of the things I. Um, I, I like a lot about it and it's, it's more philosophical my appreciation for them because in terms of the, the distros that I use for my own machines they, they tend to be different um, distributions to elementary but I just I like I like the vibe of what they're, they're trying to accomplish <laughs> with, um, with elementary and, and a big part of that is how they've set up their app store in terms of um, it's really it's really designed to be um you know, uh, a, a comfortable and attractive place for the actual um, application developers for for that platform. You know, it's the 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 payment systems are designed to be um, very easy to do those transactions. Like when someone has the idea of wanting to donate to a project, you want to make it as as quick and seamless as possible for them to be able to send send the funds across you know you don't want any sort of um blockages or impediments to that transaction you know so i guess that that's a a good example that i think of yeah like i haven't used the elementary store so you could just explain i think i know what you're going to say but you could just explain what what you're talking about yeah is it pay what you want that's what you're talking about it's the pay pay what what you want want like yeah the, the way it works is that um it has actual prices for software in in the the app store um, uh, that there's sort of like the um, you, I guess you could say it's the recommended um, cost, but it's actually sort of the way it's built, the way it's sort of branded or marketed in the app store is that's the price for the software. But when you go to to click on it to install it, you then have the option to override that that amount and and put whatever amount you want, including zero dollars. You know, so um, so it's very much geared towards um, strongly encouraging um, payments to happen a certain way and payments of a certain amount to happen. Uh, for for that software in the app store but you still got the the flexibility to do what you want with it but it's um i just feel like the the way the whole um ecosystem and the experience has been designed is very like a, a lot of other aspects of elementary it's very cohesive and um it's very sort of intuitive for for average average users basically yeah it sounds it seems good um, mm. I don't think I would use that, not because it's, hmm, not because there's any issues with it. Just, I mean, what about projects I download and compile from source? I would like to mm. be able to donate to those projects too. So, yeah, I personally would like ways to give to to projects that is more like uh, directed and doesn't depend on an app store or an event of me having to buy the, you know buy the app or download it from the app yeah, store. Yeah, you want an option where, you, where you're not necessarily looking to just get the binaries. Like. Yeah, it's like there's projects that I that I really like. I want them to keep going. Um, yeah. And I would just like to give them like a 
a small donation. Yeah. Okay, like regularly, basically. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, I don't really know exactly how to do it, but I think it's, I feel like it's possible to have something similar for all of those situations. Like the the big thing for me with the elementary app store is that it's sort of a somewhat of a standardization of, of, um, of do- donating and, and um, financial contribution, you know. You think surely there'd be a way of being able to do that as well for other projects, something that's sort of a generally followed approach or, or standard for how to how to do the transactional side of things. And then you could apply that to, you know, um, repos on GitHub or Git, um, GitLab and all the rest of it. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, GitHub has a specific thing with donations. I think you probably know about that. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it feels a bit frag. I mean, it, it is fragmented, you know, yeah. like, you know, the pro- some of the projects I use aren't on GitHub and <laughs> mm. I don't know, it just, it would be good if there was a way to, to donate to projects that you wanted to. Um, mm. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I mean, you're never going to have um, everyone um, getting on board with a particular platform or anything like that, but I guess it'd be nice to see more... Um, uh, more players in that space trying to build platforms for you know multiple different projects to get on board to have a little bit more um it just you know being able to outsource all of the complexity of how to do that side of things for those projects yeah i mean i think that exists too i mean the thing a thing is all the things that we're talking about exist in some form as far as i know <laughs> you know there's free software foundation has like a they will support other projects that don't have sort of uh, the know-how to set up a foundation and donation yeah. model and stuff. Because I think it's the issue isn't like accepting the money. Like you can accept money. There's lots of ways of accepting money online. It's more like having the internal structures in a project to, hmm. you know, who gets the money, who manages the money. How to manage it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all that stuff. And, you know, who does the accounting for the project? Like, it, it just gets complicated when you start mm. involving money. And, mm. yeah, I think that's more the issue. It's not, like, not the actual payment system. Yeah. Well, not just the actual, not just the payment system. Yeah. And, I mean, like, assuming that you have <clears throat> an, eff- an effective, like, a, an effective infrastructure in place to be able to manage um, all of that stuff, um, how much... Like, I feel like people have different ideas about how much say um, donors should have in how their donations are used within a within a project. Um, yeah. What's your thought well, on that? Well, I mean, you can always say, like, if you donate money, you know, you're giving to the project, you let the project do what they want. And I think mostly people do that. Mm. Um, but you do get these cases. It was recently a case where there was some sort of controversy about was it a developer on a Linux distro buying a, la- a laptop and, yeah, you know, yeah, was, was it too much was money on that laptop? Yeah. And oh, it was silly. Yeah. It, it wasn't even that much money. And it's like, if the developer yeah. needs a laptop, just get the laptop, you know? But, yeah. um, oh, that's my opinion. But, yeah. okay, there, there's some threshold. Maybe if it was a $10,000 laptop, I'd think twice about hmm. <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, but, I mean, surely the project has is you know, is in the best position to um, make the, the wisest decisions about how to how to utilize the, the, the funds that they get. Yeah, I think you just have to trust the project really. And mm. if you if you don't 
think they're spending the money wisely, then stop donating to them. It's yeah, yeah. But people will have you know will have their say, and if they're unhappy with how their money is being used, they're going to say it, even if you know. Yeah. Even if in principle, you know, the money doesn't have strings attached. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, or is there some middle ground? Like, <clears throat> is it would it be possible for a project to um, uh, have, give give a little bit more visibility on on how they're potentially going to be using um, uh, donor funds and and sort of basically give. A, a list of a few areas that they they're keen to focus on over the next little while, and, and give the, the the donors the you know the potential possibility of of choosing which of those key areas they want to sort of earmark their their donation for. Or yeah, I think that could work. It's something I've thought a bit about. I should say it's not like I've set up donation systems myself. I'm just talking about this as a yeah, you know someone who's a, been involved in a project which accepts yeah. donations. But I'm not involved in the nitty-gritty details of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that is interesting. Um, you've sort of got a scale between, like, actual feature requests for donations or, like, donating towards a specific yeah. development, which yeah. I think people like this idea. So, I think maybe we should just mention that is, like, the idea that you there's a feature that you want or some change you want and you just mm. want to pay money and you want it to go towards that one feature. Mm. And that sounds, for the user, that sounds great. Um, from the developer's perspective, I just think it's too risky because there's always the chance that that project won't go well, that something won't work out, that the developer leaves or gets another mm. job. or Like, yeah, you just yeah. you really don't know. It could be anything could happen, really. But yeah. let's just say charitably that the project ends up just being much more involved than, than is expected you know, no one's done anything wrong, but it's a much bigger project, needs more time planning, and yeah. then it gets put on the back burner or put on hold. You know, what mm. do you do with the people that have donated money thinking that mm. it's going to be put towards that feature? Mm. The word fraud starts coming up and yeah, why they're taking our money. And Yeah, you don't want it to become too sort of contractual sort of thing. Like um, the, the project always needs to have sort of the um – the, the legal legal control of of the um of the funds um in terms of giving um donors a bit of choice or visibility it's really just it, that's that's not really really any sort of um uh, legal um uh, control that they can give to the donors it's really just a uh, it's really just a matter of good communication with um donors I would have thought yeah, the thing is, like, you don't have to give them legal say, but if if you accept money with the understanding that you're going to deliver something and you don't deliver that for whatever mm. reason, even if the reasons are completely legitimate, I just mm. think it leaves yeah, it leaves yeah. people feeling burnt, yeah. and it it's bad for everyone, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? so and, and that goes across for all sorts of things. Like, people I've heard it suggested, like, why can't you donate money for a bug to be fixed, mm. or you know. You know, like the bug might get fixed, but then later on it might get reverted because it causes a different problem. And then what do yeah, you do yeah. if you've accepted the money? I just think yeah. if you start getting too fine grained with what you do with that money, it's just a recipe for disaster, basically. Yeah, yeah, because it, it gives donors um, the impression that they um, that that they're going to have more input or control than they really should or, or can have, basically. Yeah, and it means you know if whatever is delivered, maybe what's delivered technically works, but it's not what mm. they wanted, yeah. you know. And then you know they have that 
they have that feeling that they contributed towards it so they have the right to be you know to demand that it be done properly whatever yeah. their definition of properly is you know yep. so yep. It makes them very entitled to to be grumpy you know <laughs> and <laughs> i mean and you can always say well there's going to be grumpy people you know people will be dissatisfied whatever happens you know, we you don't, can't please everyone all the with, time. We don't have to deal with entitlement in the open source community, do we? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I think people will will get that entitlement if they're paying for a feature yeah. Yeah, or they're yeah, paying for right. a change. Yeah. It's, so you, it's, it's like even in a situation up- where you try to like manage people's expectations, if they're paying the money with the idea that something happens that, you know, yeah. they're going to feel entitled, whatever you do, yeah, no matter yeah, how many you- disclaimers or... Whatever yeah. you put there. If you're doing it the wrong way, then you're setting up donors to uh, potentially have those feelings of um, Yeah, that's right. You're sort of setting yourself yeah. up to fail. The problem is you might successfully deliver nine projects, but then the 10th one, something goes wrong, something mm. unforeseen happens. They remember that one as the time they got messed around for how much money they put in. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that reputational side of things is um, something to be, I think, to be... I'm pretty careful about for um, for open source projects because in in the open source world everything's um, everything's out in the open and um, and yeah I guess people talk and um, you just got to be careful to avoid situations where there's that sort of hard feeling. Yeah, and it also makes me or has made me pretty wary of accepting money for things, even when it's mm. offered. And even if I go and do the feature, I go and work on it, um, because sometimes people request. Mm. quite reasonable things and they offer you to pay you um i mean this is going back some years before i was i was working for for blender mm. but it made me pretty wary of of accepting money because even if the person who pays for something is like uh you know wrong with being angry at you not implementing it the way they wanted i think mm. just having your name associated with a failed project or like yeah. having there be a history of someone looks up your name and then oh this person did this job but it didn't work out and yeah you know they're saying bad stuff about you like most people aren't going to go and look at the code or they're not going to dig into it and see that you were yeah. actually in the right it like you're yeah. just tarnishing your own reputation yeah. or you risk yeah. tarnishing your own reputation so that's yeah. why i've been pretty careful about that stuff so after all that uh talking about the problems with donating to specific features i think it is an interesting and i think unexplored area where people might want ways to to kind of have some say in where their, their donations mm. go. Um, yeah. And so far, the ways that seem most uh, reasonable to me is that the project themselves, you know, define a few areas where yeah. um, they would accept donations. Um, so sort of fields that they already plan to do development or where there are developers available yeah. um, and then donate to those. You can donate to those areas or, you know, push for improvements in those particular areas. Mm. Um, I think I think that could work. Another way you could have this work, which is kind of similar, would be that people who are doing reoccurring donations could have sort of a a vote or a you know, yeah, you'd yeah. run polls on on mm. specific questions and that they could have some sort of input. Mm. Um, so you'd sort of control how much input and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so specific where they would feel um, sort of hard done by if things didn't quite go as planned. Yeah, that you don't have that risk there, and like it, that that situation is basically the project, um, 
you know, uh, setting the setting the score. Uh, it's you know they're they're still in full control, but they're sort of creating this avenue for uh, donors to uh, to feel like they have some buy-in, but also feedback to the the project. You know what what their own priorities are. I suppose yeah, because it is quite frustrating if you use an application every day and there's one thing that you really want to see developed and it's mm. being you know completely ignored or has hasn't been mm. changed in years. Like there's that real feeling of I wish I could just give them money and let them know this is the one thing I'd like them to work on. They're doing yeah. all this other stuff. I don't care about that other stuff. I would just like them to work in this one area. And it, mm. it feels like there should be a way to communicate that, mm. you know, when you're donating money without it being sort of contractual. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Another issue with the donations for a specific topic is there's a whole lot of like maintenance work that goes on with software development. So... You know, you wouldn't want to be in a situation where people are giving money and only wanting to donate for, um, you know, for these new shiny things when there is, uh, you know, a huge amount of time mm. needs to go towards like fixing or maintaining or, you know, bug re- triaging bug reports and fixing bugs in existing areas. Yeah. So I think you would maybe even include that uh, or state that, you know, some sizable percentage of the donations always go towards maintenance whatever happens just because you can't have people running off working on fun projects and like (laughs) in none of the none of the donations going towards maintenance yeah yeah no that, that, that makes a lot of sense yeah another thing i was wondering was is is there value or, or benefit in you know individual people doing um small donations to projects that already have um, you know, strong um, corporate backing. You know, I'm thinking of the likes of projects associated with Red Hat or you know the Linux Foundation or something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I've heard um, from the FreeBSD guys that it's actually important for them to get like individual donations, mm. so it shows that they're not just um, a front for companies. Yeah, that want to yeah. that want to sort of just drive their agenda. That they actually have sort of a wide user base of different yep. interests contributing yeah. to their project. But aside from that, I'm not sure. I, I don't have mm. any direct experience with this. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it probably does factor into it. You know, if the project's already doing well and they're already well funded, you know, probably yeah. they don't need donations. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good point about. Um, um, that sort of involvement from individuals is uh, is an indicator to whoever's looking that um, that there's you know some sort of community involvement in those projects. So yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, the difference would be if it's like if it's an internal Red Hat project. You know, I just wouldn't sponsor mm. it. I, w- I wouldn't think of donating to it. But if it's a project that some of the Red Hat developers happen to be employed working on, then I would, you know, I'd be more yeah. likely to consider donating to it. Yeah, and I feel like maybe it's sometimes difficult to um, sort of ascertain the status of, a, of an individual project as far as that sort of thing goes. Like, like for example, I I, I tried to find out a little bit more about um, how um, the the funding works for Ansible because I know that um, Ansible uh, like I because I I use it a lot and. Um, I really appreciate it as um, uh, as as a tool for for all the stuff that I use it for, and I, I'd like to be able to uh, donate to it. But um, 
uh, again, I'm not sure if that's poten- potentially not necessary, but um, uh, my understanding is that um, Ansible is under Red Hat's umbrella, um, but I'm not really sure exactly you know how how that structure works or wh- whether there is any avenue or benefit to um individuals doing um, donations to it so it's sometimes hard to um to work that out yeah well if the project doesn't have a way to donate money on their website yeah. you could probably yeah. assume that mm. they're they're pretty well set up yeah but i mean yeah it's interesting because i mean sort of coming back to some of the other things that we've touched on you know even if um even if that's the case for, for something like Ansible, that there's no way to donate because they're, they're, it's already um, the, the, the developers um, involved with it are already um, employed by Red Hat or what have you. Um, you know, maybe maybe it would be a good thing to still have um, a method of doing donations merely as um, a way for individuals to um, communicate that sort of community interest and involvement. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know whether that just doesn't happen because it's more trouble than it's worth for some of those yeah, individual projects. Yeah, it may be, projects. and it may be that the sort of people that that are using it more seriously, you know, have support contracts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so that they're happy just to, you know, that that's basically their model and um, yeah, yeah. they're doing yeah. well enough. Yeah. yeah, I have the tendency to assume that any kind of enterprise software in the Linux world is reasonably well set up financially. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, I, I assume the same, but, um, yeah. I mean, there's been a few examples of uh, sort of core Linux software only having a handful of, well, even like one, one or two developers working yeah. on it yeah. and um, there being some sort of security problem and then it's sort of come out that, yeah, there weren't many developers working on it and um, they didn't have the resources to, you know, do whatever security audits they would have yeah. Or they should have really been doing. So and, and it's a tricky one. It's not yeah. like all enterprise software or all of the sort of the core software is necessarily well funded. Yeah, that's right. And and like the situations like that just make me think. Well, you know, how did it get to that point where um, people only became aware of that fact once you had this this vulnerability come out? Like, like I say, for some of those big corporate backed um, projects, maybe it's not necessary at all to get any additional donations but maybe it's good to have an avenue for that just so people have some awareness of how it all works and i I don't know yeah yeah i'm not sure about this either it's an interesting topic but um Mm. it's probably really like case by case basis as well you know these projects are all very different yeah true yeah so i think that's sort of um the, the the main areas that we were sort of thinking of when we came up with this topic. Um, so we might uh, wrap it up at that. We hope you've um, found the conversation interesting. Uh, th- and thanks for joining us. Um, if you'd like to listen to previous episodes, you can find them at our website, which is conversationsincode.xyz. For any feedback, suggestions, or other thoughts, uh, you can email us at conversationsincode at gmail.com. We'll catch you next time. Okay, see you later.